0: It's good though I mean you collect what you like. I mean that's at essence what you should do is just collect what you like.
1: Yeah you'd think it'd be that simple, but everyone's an idiot.
2: I wanted, I always wanted to say this out loud and I guess this is the platform to say it. Like when Scott told me the to lineup for this series, I was like, I, I can't believe you're even asking me like there's there's so many good people in this why are you asking me?
3: Alright, here we go, people. Three. <laughs>
4: Alright,
3: do it. Two. One. Hey toy family. Welcome to another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Hamm. I'm Teresa Hawkins.
1: I'm George Gaspar.
3: And joining us, it's over it's been over a year since he's been on, but a fan favorite, Chris Reiniak. Welcome, Chris.
2: Thank you, year.
3: Am I a fan favorite?
2: <laughs> or, or was I just the only person that was all tonight?
3: I'm just talking you up. I'm. T- I do not know if that's true or not. You're Teresa's favorite, though. Well, that's all that matters. She is. She is so happy that you're on.
0: I'm very happy. It's the first time I get to ever be on with you, and I'm very excited.
2: All it's right. Be fun. I'll I'll, tr- I'll try to. Uh, I'll keep it clean. <laughs> yeah, keep a G. Although keep I've a heard G some of the PG. words G. been saying lately on the uh, on, on the podcast. <laughs>
0: I know. they've been bad influence on me. My mother would be ashamed.
1: Good thing she doesn't listen.
0: I, yeah, she would she would never understand anything we talk about. That's
1: okay, but George I, does neither.
0: I I am sorry, Chris, that you caught Gary's germs. Gary's feeling better, but I know you he spread them your way.
2: Yeah, I think Gary just emailed me the flu.
3: <laughs> I mean I emailed you a completely different virus, but I'll take I'll take blank for this one, sure. But thank you so much for coming on, Chris. I know that oh. you weren't feeling well this week. You canceled both your Twitch streams, so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on joining us.
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, I made the mistake of getting on an airplane coming back from Orlando, That'll do and that. they're always filled with kids that picked up germs from touching their feet and then sticking them in their mouth, and yeah, you know, <laughs> like yeah. So yeah, I think I caught a cold on, on the plane, but uh, but I'm doing okay. I'll live. live. I'll muscle through for you guys.
3: Appreciate it. Well, how about we just get, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of things we want to try to cover tonight, so let's just jump right into leaks and sneak peeks. Chris, did you bring one for us? I,
2: I have a couple. Okay. Uh, the first one is, uh, is I, I hope it's not too self-serving to uh, leak and sneak peek something of my very own. <sighs> I'm going to be releasing probably within the next Two weeks. So after this podcast is out, Seafoam uh, Dewdrop. So Dewdrop is one of my mini figures. They're like two inches tall, and he's one of those mini figures that I released a very few uh, colors of him, just because I kind of like lost track of where the molds were and stuff, and and I, I just forgot that I didn't release very many. So now I'm starting to release more color them. So Seafoam Dewdrop will be coming out soon.
3: I think I'm so old that I missed Teresa's high-pitched squeal. It might be I, out of my decibel range.
0: I literally held my breath because I was trying not <laughs> to interrupt you, Chris. <laughs> but I'm literally dying inside because that makes me so happy because Dewdrop is my favorite. And you're right. You have cursed us with producing like very few colorways, yes. and I am so excited.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, he's a he's definitely a fan favorite, and and I did put out uh, you know when I start to produce new stuff of old characters or characters that I've already produced, I like to ask my fans what they prefer in terms of colors and and like effects and things like that. So it, it was a resounding "We want opaque, solid colors." Uh, so okay. this is a solid sea foam dewdrop. So.
0: Man, well, as a fan, I am pumped. Dewdrop is fantastic. Oh, thank and you. And I can't wait. You know I love yeah, the pastels, so is it pastelish?
2: It is season? very pastel. It is oh, very pastel. man. So uh, they'll be $18, and they will be available through Bindlewood.com, which this is not really a leak and sneak peek, but it's more of just a news item. Bindlewood is now officially a company. Whoa! So, cool. as of uh, you guys are hearing it first, as of actually like yesterday, we've officially made Bindlewood into its own company. So, trademarks are coming. Very cool. Yeah. So it, we've done, We do so much business through Bindlewood, and it was just kind of like when we started Bindlewood, it was sort of a. Uh, when Amanda and I, Amanda Louis Spade, who is my fiance, another <laughs> leak and snake bait. There, I have Congrats. so much news. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. So when we did Thimbletuff Hollow, we needed a way because it's half hers and half mine. We needed a way to sell it online in a way that we could split funds. So that's why we started Bindlewood. That was like the main reason why we started Bindlewood. But now it's. Three and a half years later, and like that's where most of our income comes. So it, it's become like you know the store that yeah. everybody knows about. Yeah, so Bindlewood's Woods officially a thing now.
3: Very cool. Limited yes. liability so company you- corporation. What'd you do? Yep, uh,
2: I did an LLC. Uh, it, it's it's my second LLC now. Okay, but this one is this one is co-owned by Amanda and myself.
0: Very cool. So, so Chris, are you going to start releasing? With Bindlewood as like the the name for all your uh, stuff.
2: We might do some stuff like that. We're not really sure how we're gonna do that, but at a certain point because we're still growing, obviously. But yeah, it'll probably be Bindlewood will be the production company at a certain point.
3: Oh so, cool. I like the sound of that. I've always liked the Bindlewood name, so it's it's, it's a good company name.
2: Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's it, it rolls out the tongue, it's easy to remember. Yeah, it, it's, we we looked it up. Nobody else owns it. So yeah, it's it's rare that you can find something that's not just total gibberish that, uh, that somebody doesn't already own.
3: I know, it's very hard.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, the woes of being a business owner.
3: <laughs> Isn't that weird, <laughs> though? Like, we don't, I think in my head, I don't feel like I'm an adult, but here we are doing adult things.
2: It, you know how much, like, how much adult stuff i've had to do in the past two weeks dealing with this company <laughs> like stuff that like like gary and i you and i were talking about being old yeah like when you know what a, a self-employment pension is <laughs> like you know that like oh shit i'm an adult you know like sure. like but there's all there's so much stuff that like, that's going along with this that's like well i guess i'm the guy now you know like I own a company like a real company (laughs) so uh yeah but I mean it's because you always feel like a kid right like your whole life you're just always looking for somebody else that knows more than you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah gosh I hope somebody knows how to do this because I don't know what I'm doing um yeah I hate to break it to all the kids that are listening but you will never not feel like that
3: I, I, oh my God, that's so true. I, mean, I think about my parents when they, I'm 44. So I think about yeah. my parents at my age, and they knew everything. They were such adults. Like, let they, me they, do this. I know who let me do this. Like, I hold down a day job. I have a mortgage. I have two little human beings that I'm responsible for. It. Now I just like worry about them sending them off to school and all that stuff. It's
2: right, but you know what? It's it's awesome. I mean, it's awesome that like when I was a kid, this is what I wanted to do. I want to make stupid monsters and somehow make a living. And somebody allowed me to do it, and it's working. So it's it's really like it's awesome to be an adult, but it's also terrifying. <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, that's awesome though. Congrats! Did yeah, you did you, you say you had an, uh, another leak, or is that or was that your leak?
2: Um, well, I, I inadvertently talked about the LLC, but I, I do have one that has nothing to do with me. I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's an artist named Miss Mindy, and I've known her for a long time, and she has actually just announced uh at toy fair she'll be i don't know if she's showing off the prototypes or if they're actually starting to release them but she's worked with um she's worked with disney quite a bit doing these large resin uh collectibles yeah and now she's doing vinyl figures based off of disney characters like i think there's a, a jack skellington one and um i'm trying to think what other ones that i saw there was a whole lineup there was like i'm a Minnie Mouse and an Ariel and Alice and Jack and Sally. But the great thing about her is she's actually working with Disney. And Disney is saying, hey, just do whatever you want in your mm-hmm. style and we'll produce these. and Which is really awesome. Like It's nice to see a company telling somebody to do something legit and yeah. just do whatever they want so um and, and you know we're seeing a little bit of that with kid robot too like with what they just did with with the care Bears and and like the wonder woman thing with tara mcpherson but i just wanted to point out miss mindy's and because they're they're really great so if you look her up on instagram you'll you'll see what the the drawing the turnarounds for those look like
0: yeah i I had not heard of her before, but I just looked her up, and her stuff is fantastic.
2: Yeah, and she is the sweetest lady you will ever meet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you ever see her out at one of the cons, like, she'll be your best friend the second you talk to her.
3: It makes sense, because she's got a very distinct style. She's been doing Wonderground Gallery exhibitions for, geez, it seems like ever since they opened. And she's done, I don't know, countless numbers of different renditions of, you know, Character, you know Disney characters in her style, so this makes this leap makes makes sense, and she'll she'll do good. So, congrats to her. Yeah,
0: yeah this is awesome. And for those wondering, her Instagram is Miss Mindy Art. But they've got some sneak peek sketches of the vinyl line coming out, and they're
3: yeah. super cool. They are. And Chris, you mentioned that she's going to be showing her stuff at New York Toy Toy Fair, which happened this past weekend, actually. And anyone who's not familiar, Toy Fair in New York is where. Pretty much anyone who's in toys, producing, manufacturing, whatever. That's where they go to show a uh, future product they have coming out. They're hoping to hook up retail deals and all that sort of good stuff. So we'll definitely be seeing leaks from Kid Robot, uh, Super 7. I know A uh, Thousand Toys going to be there. So it's going to be a fun weekend to watch social media and just learn of all the future product coming out.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been seeing, like, so far, because I follow Funko and... <laughs> amount of stuff they're releasing is absurd so i've been flooded with stuff from them but i'm hoping to catch my eye on some uh designer toy type stuff Mm. as
3: well yeah well good good stuff chris you brought the goods thanks i prepared yes let's keep trucking george take the wheel i um before
1: i go did you guys see the ninja turtles from playmates for at toy fair no, Man, no. A, a whole different style. Holy cow! That new cartoon's gonna be crazy.
3: Oh, I've seen the new style I'm... for the cartoon. It looks, it's it, it was sort of jarring to me. I think it's gonna take me a while to to adjust to that new style.
1: Wait till you see the picture of Splinter. He's so funny looking. He's just a little round hamster. He's George.
0: Awesome. How do I find it?
2: Oh boy, nope. I'm looking at him right now. Boy, are they weird looking?
0: <laughs> right? Just
1: Google. What'd you do? Google Turtle Ninja Turtles Toy Fair.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it was like I think it's I think it's on, on toyark.com, which is this Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys.
4: Oh, weird. so weird, they're so cool,
2: right? Yeah, I don't know how I feel
1: about these.
4: Hmm. It takes
1: a minute to get. Donatello's head's a little weird, but like I
2: don't know. Yeah, I see I liked the last reboot of them a lot. Like I I really liked the proportions and the style that they were, but these are a little, I don't know, it's like wacky for wacky's sake.
1: Yeah, like they got rid of the letters on their belts, like, it's, they're, they're real. and wait till you see the images of the cartoon, <laughs> the, I mean, it's, <laughs> they're real weird.
3: Dude, that Splinter is so weird. The splinter's the best, that's the only one I want.
0: <laughs> I can't find Splinter. He's You'll have the, to if you scroll send...
3: down all the way to the bottom, he's the guy in the bottom left corner. Alright, so what else you got? <laughs> uh, Next! <no.
5: laughs> Sorry. Uh, I need to go check something out. Oh, again. <laughs> we ha- we're trying to get each other to prank. Like, we're trying to prank each other, but either oh, of us, oh, we fall into our own pranks. Like, does that make sense?
3: What? No, not really.
2: What's so, happening, like, at the gas bar household, they're not even good pranks. <laughs> they're not either.
5: even good
1: pranks. Uh, don't even worry about it. Let's move on. <laughs> all right, go. You go now.
5: Well, that's rude. <laughs> we'll see You're.
1: You, later. <laughs> you can come back. You're I
5: jerk. Hey. Love you. <laughs> Did you see? I
1: had a piece. Yeah, go. <laughs> all right. I'll explain it real quick. She got balloons for Valentine's Day and left them like in front of the door. So when I came home on Valentine's Day, I'd have to trip over them all. So the next morning before I went to work, I shoved them all in the shower. So when she went to take a shower, they'd all be in there. Okay. And uh, she was running late and didn't shower that morning. So the next day when I went to shower in the morning, they're all in there. Gotcha. Okay. So I got myself. So then she set them all up on the toilet. So when I got home from work, I'd have to move them all to use the bathroom. And then I didn't come in because I came straight to the podcast. And now she came home and had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> ran into her own trap.
3: Now it makes sense.
1: That makes a lot of sense. It was dumb. Didn't need to be here, but I told you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now for my leak and sneak peek. Well, and it's actually, Gary, you're the one that even brought this to my attention, but it's the 1000 Toys Iron Giant figure. What's the size? It says 16 centimeters, but That's, um, about, that's about 6.25 inches. There you go. 6.25 inches. And it's super articulated. The poses they show it in on the website, if you go to thousandtoys.jp, um and go to their blog it's i mean it's in some amazing poses i can't wait to play with that figure i have a i have an iron giant on my desk in front of me right now i have the 20 inch one and it's oh it's been out since i've had it it's been it's been everywhere with me since i've gotten it it's always been on the shelf um so i'm excited to have this little one to play with
3: oh, i'm super excited i think i'm probably gonna pick this up i have the same 20 inch one that you have george and it's been on my desk or displayed ever since the, the original movie came out in like what 99 or something like that. So, I love the movie. Huge, you know, Iron Giant fan. I think this is probably the first Iron Giant toy that is actually using metal parts. So, I'm, if this is something you're waiting for, this is this is the toy.
0: That's what I was yeah. going to ask Gary. So, diecast means real metal?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. No. Diecast <laughs> is just the process of like molten metal poured into a metal mold. So, yeah, it's going to be primarily diecast you know, made, but there's also going to be some ABS and some BBC pieces in there. But I think what you're going to see mostly on the exterior is going to be that die-casted metal. So it's going to be pretty hefty in weight too. But as George said, it's a thousand toys. So this is going to be a fantastic piece. Uh, it's actually already up for pre-order for $120. It's uh You should be able to get it through most boutique stores. It's being distributed by Diamond. So any stores that, um, that you know that orders their stuff through Diamond, like local comic book shops, I think even Tenacious Toys, um, order stuff from there. So that's how you'll be able to get it.
0: Man. It's, I it's, have like a...
3: it's
1: pricey for a 6-inch, but their figures are worth it. Like I have a couple of the Thousand Toys stuff, and they're awesome.
0: That's what I was trying to figure out, George, because I saw this too, and I have a secret love for Iron Giant as well. It's like one of my favorite G-rated movies ever. I cry every time I watch it especially at the Superman part. And but I just didn't know if like it sounded sounded a little pricey for its size, but knowing more about it and knowing who makes it, it really makes me want to get it. I really want to do a timeshare. Will you timeshare with me, George?
1: I <laughs> like, Even that thing It's going to be on my shop all year.
0: <laughs> I guess I need to move in. That's how I'm going to get this toy. George, you're getting a new roommate.
1: You can play with it at Decon, I'll bring it there and you can look at
0: it. Okay.
2: Iron Giant's one of those, those like evergreen properties that, you know, if you just, if you do it right, like people are going to want it. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's such a well-designed figure, like character that all you got to do is just not screw it up and you'll make a good toy and people will want it.
1: And the design's so simple, like yet elegant that, that you really can't even screw it up. Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. There's just, I don't know.
2: There's some toy companies that can screw it up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I mean, look at even back when it came out and those toys. What was what was even that company called that made those ones?
3: I, I think it was Trendmasters. Actually, I bought a lot of the Iron Giant stuff.
1: That yeah, something like that. And even them, like they were, you know, some of them were cheap little cheap versions, and then there were the bigger, expensive ones that had talking stuff. But they all looked good, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Even for like cheap mass-produced stuff, they still look cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but the articulation on oh. this one, you know, Th- thousand toys, they they go really crazy about articulation and all those tiny little parts and stuff. Like, this is this is a super nice toy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that one shot where they show him like crouching down, like he's looking down at the kid, Hogarth. Yeah. Yes, and like it's just such an amazing pose that you can get that with that figure. Like, so cool.
2: Yeah. When I was a kid, I, I all I wanted was an action figure that could hold a gun the right way, like. <laughs> You know, all the Star Wars guys, you put the gun in their hand and it would face inward, you know, and like he has moving fingers for Pete's sake. I would have freaked out over that when I was a kid. Yeah. For Pete's sake. For, for Pete's, Pete's
0: sake. sake. Chris is being <laughs> good and keeping it G for me.
2: I I, did drop, I I did drop an S-bomb earlier. I apologize.
0: <laughs> Y'all, are, y'all need to stop talking this up because I'm trying to be really good about money right now. Now I want to buy this.
1: Buy it, buy it,
3: buy it. We didn't even mention that it has. A, I think it has exchangeable heads and hands and I, even teeth. I think
2: it looks like it has different eyes too. There's like the one where he's crouching. He has like the little slit eyes.
0: Yeah, I need to. I need to get on the site because I'm actually. I'm looking at Toy Chronicle. They posted a, a blog post about it. I need to get over to.
3: You know yeah, what? go to
1: thousandtoys.jp.
3: When I saw for the first time last night, if it, if the pre-order button was live to purchase, I would have bought it last night. But now I've slept on it, and I'm being a little more frugal, thinking. But I think I might convince myself to get it. I, it's it's hard to say, but I, I do love it. And I do want it. But should I own it? That's the question. Well, Gary, yeah. timeshare with me. I'm not so a split. Timeshares time are a scam. I want no part of it.
0: <laughs> oh goodness it's me i'm not I'm just gonna scam you you know it's oh, like, i can i
3: can piss you off again and next thing you know you're i'll never get the toy again or i don't know it's... guys just buy one oh. and
2: cut it in half <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah that yeah, that works you know you just don't <laughs> piss me off all
3: right let's let's move on teresa what you got
0: <laughs> uh well of course i brought something cute to talk about um And this is actually, like, the perfect toy for me to just, like, shove in your face when you do things like that, when you sass me. This is, like, the perfect response toy. It's made by Toy Zero Plus. I don't know if you have seen the character Bok Bok. B-A-C-B-A-C, but it's a cute polar bear figure that they've been producing um and they started a mini series called bok bok not just a sticker and i believe it's based off of some digital stickers that were made for an app but people liked them enough they decided to make figures out of the different poses um and so they just uh uh released a second figure there it's titled it's Number two of the series. Um, and it's Bok Bok in a pose where it's kind of got its arms against its side and it's sticking its tongue out. <laughs> like a sassy tongue pose. Yeah, sassy. Yeah, so, um, but they just released it actually a couple days ago in, in Hong Kong retail stores, but they have not released it yet for overseas. Um, they said it is coming soon. Um, they'll announce the sale on their Facebook page. Um, so if you're interested in this little cutie, uh, you can go follow them on Facebook and uh, keep an eye out. But it's a small little figure. So we're talking mini, you know, a couple inches tall. It'd be my toy to just sass back at you. Anytime you sass me, I'll just take a picture of the bear, throw <laughs> oh, it
3: there. Throw right back at you. I'll get a lot of those, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, she will. Is that, is that your only one? It's my only one. Okay. It's time for my league then, and mine is the 8th Annual Designer Toy Awards is happening in June, and the nomination doors have been opened. The nomination period runs now until March 12th, and uh, just remember, these nominations are so you can nominate any artist, store, release, company, blog, podcast, anything that you want that you think made a great contribution in 2017. You can even nominate yourself if you want. Like The whole purpose of the nomination period is just to get the opportunity to put stuff in front of the small panel of uh, the nomination committee. And then from there, they'll narrow it down to what they consider you know, good enough to make the, the short list of finals. So right now, you know, nominate yourself, nominate other things that you've liked throughout 2017 and get it in front of them because if you don't nominate it, they, pro- they won't see it. I know a lot of people like assume that it was popular enough that some other, s- someone else is going to nominate it. I'm not going to spend my time doing it. Well, there's no guarantee that somebody else is. So do the nominations. And this year, there is a new category this year. It is Best Production Sculpt. This is awesome. This is something that I think people have been wanting for a while now. And there are some guidelines to follow when you're thinking about nominating for this category. It must have been produced in a quantity of greater than 50 pieces and uh but it could be produced in any material so it could be wood resin vinyl it doesn't matter i guess all they're looking at is the quality of the sculpt
0: do you think the new category gary when it says production are they only referring to the quantity in that regard could it be something you made chris like in you know like a resin piece you made more than 50 of could does that count
2: I guess the interesting thing is like if you're talking about like Sofubi for example like that's a I consider that a production toy and they are made one at a time and a lot of the time the quantities are like less than 50 but you know like resin is the, is the same thing you know I, I make some things in quantities of 200 so you know I I I would assume I mean production is production like but but if you're only making like 5 of them you know that's that's i don't know i think they're probably trying to just weed out the the hobbyists
0: yeah no just because like normally when i hear production it just makes me think like kid robot mighty jacks and box like a company helped make it but it doesn't sound like that that's really the qualifier here it's really just something that was sculpted more than 50 pieces made doesn't matter what it was made in so it's really just a decent amount of pieces made it has a really cool sculpt to it is really all you have to think about
1: to me production would mean not you making it like you sent it somewhere a factory another person you hired someone else to do the production of the piece if you're just running them yourself that's i mean i guess it's just self production at that point it's just self producing production would be a company you hire to make this for you Yeah, that's kind of what I was
0: thinking too, George, but it doesn't sound like that that's a requirement.
2: It's really funny, though, like if you really like because, George, you've obviously like seen the inside of factories in China and a lot of time the people that are, you know, the the things, those things, these toys are hand painted still. Oh, yeah, they're just doing the same thing we do. (laughs) Right. Right. I think most people don't realize that. They think like everything is automated, like how they make like, you know, ho ho's or twinkies. Like no, there's like a line of, of 15 people with 10 paintbrushes in their hands actually hand painting every little dot on an action figure, even if there's a million of them being made.
0: Which is cool. I'm glad it's yeah. that toys aren't like Twinkies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's interesting to see, Teresa. I don't know if you've ever seen photos, like, someone will just be responsible for the eyelashes, and then it moves down to the next person who does something else. It's like, they're all kind of responsible for, like, the one part and the one color. Very rarely do you ever see, like, the one person. It's like 50 different people all having a different hand in the piece. It's it's actually kind of cool to see. Yeah. That is cool.
0: I mean – I think it's. I think this new category is super fun, though. I'm excited about it. I mean, George, I got to think you 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 might be excited being a sculptor yourself to see a category kind of dedicated to the. It's either going to be really
1: cool or really frustrating. I'll let you know.
0: Frustrating. <laughs> so
2: no, I can. I get yeah, frustrating. George, He said. Oh that. yeah, sorry, frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, my question is, is who gets recognized as, you know, who wins? Is it the person who actually does the sculpt or does the toy itself win? And then the the team who put it together, they have to fight over the trophy. Yeah, but if it's best sculpt, it should be the sculptor, not the designer. Yeah, that's
0: what that, I think. Yeah, that I would hope it's the sculptor winning the award, not the company or the designer. Because it's about the sculpt. Yeah. Right. So. I guess we'll we'll find out, but that would make sense to me. I don't know. I'm trying to think, George. I feel like you should be nominated in some way.
1: I haven't sculpted like- in years. I got nothing. I don't know if anything came out last year. Well, I don't what know. What about
0: the uh, the dead bod? Uh, dead bod, deadbeat?
1: That's that came out. Sure, nominate me.
0: <laughs> Done. <laughs>
2: George, are you like are you hurting, Are you hurting for work, George? Because I could use some sculpting.
1: Uh no, I'm busy but actually no for you yes i'll do it i'll do it
2: <laughs> all right we'll talk after the podcast
0: done yeah craft some magic george i need more riniac in my life can't get enough and
3: it looks yeah, like this I, is an in this category this new category is in addition to all the previous ones it doesn't look like they've removed one to make room for another one so i like that it's in an, an addition which is cool
0: yeah yeah, I have to say, you know, I know we talked about it last time, but they've got the category called Best Media Outlet, which is kind of where, you know, the the podcasts fit in. But it's hard because, like, I still struggle with, like, do we actually consider ourselves a media outlet? It just sounds kind of weird.
3: Sure.
2: Yeah, it's almost like they just need, oh, I mean, but how many toy podcasts are there?
4: You
3: know, I yeah, know exactly. That's what it makes it, a lot it, more it, sense than blog, though. I, I we didn't I don't feel that we fit in with blog. So this is closer to where we fit in, I think.
0: That's right. Yeah. It was called blog last year. I forgot about
3: that.
2: Yeah, I can't can't please everybody, but they're doing their best to be all inclusive. So good on them.
3: They're doing good. They should get an award. I know. We, <laughs> yeah, we really should honor them somehow. Right. Like pay back a little bit. Best
1: yeah, is on you know, award show.
3: <laughs> do they have any competition it. in that category
2: <laughs> you know it would be nice if everybody got together and, and made a trophy and gave it to josh and miranda at the end of the dtas because you know they, they do a lot it's pretty thankless it's like running a podcast you know like like everybody shows up and like yeah run these DTAs for us
3: yeah, you know, they, like, yeah. It's I know it's such a stressful time for them, and yeah, it is. Kind of, I'm sure it is pretty thankless for them, and they deal with a lot of the, especially once the, the the short list comes out, they deal with a lot of a lot of crap and a lot of whining and stuff. So, yeah,
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it, but you know, I'm going to tell them right now. Thanks, Josh and Miranda. We all appreciate.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I love the DTAs. You know, I have to say one of the categories, and I. Okay, so there's this one category called Best Non-Licensed, and I don't understand what that means. Is it mean that you made something that was off a licensed thing, but it wasn't officially... Correct. So, like, I made a Star Wars figure, but I didn't actually get Disney to say, yeah, you're good, go make that. Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah, I think cool. there's some. I think there's some other words that you could call that category, but I'm just going to leave that there. There
1: <laughs> <Okay>. we
3: go. <laughs> uh, best uh, best all- piggybacking all- category. Oh goodness.
2: <laughs> best, <laughs> best Go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. People are people are gonna people are just gonna keep doing that stuff. Not enough people are doing Calvin and Hobbes bootlegs. Yeah. Oh, thanks, George.
1: Open the. And and you can even mix in Star Wars because doesn't he dress up as Han Solo and Chewbacca a lot? So there we go. Why isn't that right? Well,
2: it will. It'll happen. I'll make
1: it for Decon.
4: Right. I
3: I was gonna try to lay low this episode. All right. So. um, no one wants to touch that. No one
0: wants to touch. Gary, you're our freaking host. I you know. can't wait,
3: low. I always hear people saying like, "George, we want George to talk more. We want George to talk more." So I was like, "I'm thinking like George talked a lot last episode, and I think that's because I was sick and I wasn't talking as much, and so he jumped in a lot more." And I told myself before this started, "Gary, just give yourself like a three second hesitation, and he'll jump in." <laughs> he didn't do Please? it. <laughs> i can't Sorry,
1: wait i just Throughout opened, I just opened you, guys, <laughs> you guys and opened a toy so i was busy looking at
3: a toy while you were talking that All was my, my fault that's right so let's wrap up leaks and let's get on to chris chris actually last week oh, in one of our leaks we well, mentioned wait. that what wait real quick i oh. just have to ask chris i can't remember if you've
0: ever been nominated for a dta other than uh the Simple Stone paulo was that your yeah. first nomination?
2: Uh, it wasn't my first nomination. Um, I think Gary actually beat me the first time that I was nominated. Was it for best customizer? Did you no. win or was it no, Andrew?
3: It wasn't me. I wish I could say it was me, but it wasn't me. That That's an old category. I never won that. I did win last year for custom of the year, but totally different category.
2: Okay. Maybe it was, it was probably Andrew then. It was some other guy with, with, with scruff on his face and glasses.
3: And a receding hairline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Adrian. Um
2: No, I was nominated a couple of times. Um, but last year, not last year, two years ago, we won for Thimblesome Hollow. And then uh, I think it was uh, Toy of the Year, which was like, you know, people were upset <laughs> because it wasn't really a toy. It was like, it was an original sculpt.
3: That no one saw, uh, but... It... <laughs> Yeah, only
2: one guy saw it, but <laughs> I I mean, thanks. Like, it wasn't my fault that I won, so I can't, like, really. But I appreciate that people voted for it.
3: No, it was um, just, it was definitely deserving of the award. But it was, like one of those weird things that Toy of the Year that there was only one made of it and that no one I mean, actually yeah. saw in person. Yeah, like,
2: like I said, I don't think it fit, it fit under Toy of the Year. Like, uh, I think because it wasn't a toy. Um, I'll agree with everybody on that one. But I'm stoked that I got a trophy. Because oh, yeah. we gave our other trophy we gave our other trophy to Cardboard Spaceship. So they they own the Thimblesome Hollow trophy. So oh, cool. I was happy if we uh, won two we got two trophies uh, that year because I got to
0: keep one. This is my first one. Very nice. Well I feel like Kangaroo Rumpel deserves a nomination in Best Resin because it is freaking adorable. And oh, your Rupert I mean, it's the greatest. And I think your whooper-looper car that finally came out through Stipple Pop totally deserves a nomination in non-plastic, Gary.
2: That's a pretty cool figure.
0: So those are two but- plan. Unpl- you know, I will say I've actually never nominated before. I don't think I ever really fully understood, like, what the DTAs were and how they worked and all that kind of stuff. I don't know why. It just wasn't something I really – like, I knew – knew what was kind of going on but i was like i don't really know what this is so this will be the first year where i'm gonna actually be good and get in and do some nominations i have notes i have ideas i'm going in going in strong
2: empowered
0: i gotta do stuff well like like we talked about best miniseries at the end of the dta's last year and i feel like best miniseries is an is a category where some blind boxes could get some love and i thought the tokidoki sushi cars were fantastic and i don't know if they'll they'll win in that category but like i feel like they deserve a nomination because i personally love them so it'll be stuff like that that i'll be throwing in there but obviously the the people in the panel will will choose but i gotta throw my my likes in there this year yeah
3: you do know, it throw them i the remember donkey. last year last year's dtas you were sort of complaining that there wasn't enough stuff that represented what you collect, like yeah. stuff that you actually like. So the fact that you're not nominating, like get it in front of them. Make sure you nominate. That's what I'm doing. Right.
0: Well, I'm going to I'm gonna run through you all and make sure you all each get a George, Chris, and a Gary in there. Oh, maybe thanks, some of our Teresa.
3: other previous
0: guests. Throw you all in. It's going to be
3: fun. <laughs> so let, you mentioned guests. Let's finally get to talking to our guest Chris. So before, actually, hold up. Before we do uh- that, Let's mention some of our sponsors. We got some great sponsors here at the Marsham Toy Hour. For all your designer toy needs, wants, and desires, be sure to head on over to 3DRetro.com or StrangeCatToys.com. If you go to StrangeCatToys.com, be sure to use the promo code DOPE at checkout, and you will receive 10% off your entire order. Also, for all your daily designer toy news, be sure to follow and like uh, SpankyStokes.com and thetoychronicle.com. And if you love apps, be sure to download the Toy Chronicle's wonderful toy app uh, at one of your favorite app stores, either App Store or the Google Play. Now let's get talking to Chris. So Chris, last week on Leaks and Sneak Peaks, we did mention that you... We mentioned that you're going to be part of a new Denny series come... so Was it June or July? I can't remember. But uh, there was an image leak that you're going to be part of... Um, the Johnny series curated by Scott Tollison is called the city cryptid series. Now I I don't expect you to be able to talk about much, but I know Kronk was not happy about his early leak. And I wanted to get your opinion on like, as an artist of this series, how were you upset that this image got leaked? It was only a, a low resolution image, you know, very, very far in advance. Were you surprised that this series was a uh, leak to the public?
2: I, I mean, I w- I was surprised that it wasn't like hey, you know, I wasn't like oh my god, you know, like if, if the stuff gets out eventually. But um, I wasn't really upset about it um, because it's just it's just vectors of the of the stuff. I understand. I totally understand where crop was coming from, and it, it's one of those things that uh, like I looked into that argument and and I think that where it should have lied was. Uh, uh, Gary, there's no way Gary could understand where Kronk was coming from because he's in a completely different position, like, like he, it, like, Gary's not an artist and Kronk is an artist, and it's like, like, you'd have to physically right. be in his shoes to understand why he's upset, and just accept the fact that he was upset, just be like, dude, you're upset, and I'm sorry, and we'll take it down off the site, like, that would have been the respectful thing to do, I think, like, but I also understand Gary's position, because Gary does, does a lot to, like, the bloggers do do a lot to promote this stuff. And I don't think it's that they're just trying to get the scoop all the time. I think that, you know, it's their job to keep that stuff going. So it's, I see both sides of that argument. And a lot of the, those guys do a lot of thankless stuff, too. Like, they just pick up stuff off of our Instagram pages and promote it for us, which is awesome. It helps our sales. Um, but again, like if somebody's upset about something, like you gotta let them be upset sometimes. Sometimes it's not you. You can't just you can't explain it away to them. Be like, well, but I did it for this reason. It's like I don't care what reason you did it for. I'm still upset. So sometimes you just have to like respect that and be like, okay, I'm gonna try to do the best thing I can in this, in this
4: situation.
2: So it's a, it was a tricky situation for me. I wasn't upset. I got so many other things going on that like it'll come out and people will still be excited about it. And, yeah. you know,
3: are, you just broke. Are you far from your, um, your mic? It seems like you got distant.
2: Sorry. Is that mm-hmm. better?
3: That's better. Yeah. We, okay. we started getting a little bit of echo. Okay. Oh, you're good sorry now. about
2: that. Sorry about that. Do I have, do I have to say it again? All of that?
0: Yes. <laughs> we have to literally restart the entire podcast. now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it was fine. It was fine. Sorry about that. Now Chris, this is the second Johnny series you've been a part of, correct? The first series was the Apocalypse series. Um,
2: so That was
3: another th- that was another themed series too, right? It
2: was another it was another heavily themed series, yes.
3: Now, is that the one that's like the
0: melting guy?
2: Yeah, the meltdown Dunny.
0: Okay. So it man it's been a while then.
2: Yeah, and then and then they they contacted me uh, and wanted to do the eight inch versions of it, and they did four eight inch glow in the dark versions of
3: it. Deservingly so. I thought it was a really cool piece. I like that one.
2: Yeah, I thought th- it was really, I think it was the first time they ever released four versions of one at once. And it was funny, I got so many complaints about that, Dunny, because they're like, I thought it was glow in the dark. Like, you literally had to charge it under UV light, it was the only way <laughs> to get it glow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God. I, I I laugh because not every piece is an amazing glow in the dark piece. Like a lot of times, it's just someone charging it under the most powerful you know lamp they can find and instantly turn off the lights and then instantly take a photo. It's just like right. some pieces are really good glow in the dark, but not all of them.
2: Well, I definitely have some figures that that some are resin that I've made, and I have a couple of vinyl figures that glow for hours after the lights go off. So, yeah. I don't know if there's depleted uranium in them, making them glow or whatever, <laughs> but like, I know that they, like, they glow, you know, pretty, pretty vibrantly.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a wide range of, of glow-in-the-dark, that some of them will just light up an entire room for hours, and some yeah. of it will just be good for only a few minutes. So, it's like, you never know what kind of glow-in-the-dark you're going to get.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think, well, the reason why these ones didn't glow was because they were, they were one color vinyl, and they glowed a different color. Like the red one wow. or the the pink one, actually glows blue. So huh. it was. I think. I think the glow is fighting through the pigment. So it's. It's just. It's. It glows, but it's not very bright. And maybe even charging it. You know, it it has to fight through that pigment to charge it too. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs>
3: Now, as an artist, I know you worked – You both of the series that you were in were themed. As an artist, do you like working with a the theme or would you rather come into it like what the, um, the older Dunny series used to be where they would just invite a bunch of artists to do whatever they wanted? Do you have a preference? I think
2: now that I am – I'm a grumpy old man stuck in his ways. I personally would love the idea if somebody just said do whatever you want. And – you know i i did commercial art for a really long time i was an illustrator for a very long time i did a lot of like well here's the assignment fit the parameters of the assignment and that was fun and yeah uh over time i think i you know developing my style and the things that i like to do i just don't want to do that anymore like like, I find, like, it's not that it's that it's a challenge and, and I, I, don't, I don't want to live up to the challenge. It's just like, I know I'm going to come up with a better product if you just let me do what I do. That makes sense. And, yeah. and that's not to say those are bad products. I just think that, I think it could be a way better one if I didn't have to, like, shoehorn it into the parameters. Um, but, but also sometimes for some artists, and, and for me sometimes too, like when you give somebody the universe to pull ideas from, it's impossible to nail one thing down. So when you give them like sort of like you lead them a little bit and say, "Well, it, we kind of wanted to go this direction," that helps narrow things down. But for the most part, I mean, like I I don't really I'm not I'm not running out of ideas anytime soon. But yeah, I would love it if they just said, "I mean, look at Thimblestone Hollow. That's a, like that's a perfect example of like, hey, do whatever you want." And yeah. and and that's what we came up with. And you know seems to have
0: done pretty okay funny you bring this up because on the leaked post in the kid buy sell trade group that's where it began I guess Chris I oh. don't know but that's where we first saw it uh-huh. there was actually a really a really interesting discussion that happened in that thread about themed dunnies and a couple I, I jumped in the discussion because it was it was really interesting of, about whether or not from a collectors standpoint we even like collecting based on a theme or would we rather go back to a series nine or a 2008 series or something where we can just pull in a bunch of artists and let them do their thing. I- I'm also kind of on the side from a collector standpoint that I don't really feel like I need a theme. Like I'd be more than fine with just a mixed artist, you know, uh, release where you can kind of have your way. But I also kind of think back to like some of the themes they used to do were like, they did a theme, but they didn't necessarily like, create like something super specific like they did two-tone or fatality where it was just female artists or i could see them doing like a region like they did the la series so i don't know i feel like there's a way that they, they've kind of gone from either just yearly themes or some broad themes and gotten really really specific lately i don't know i think some of us from a collector stamp aren't necessarily loving it either we want artists to be able to go out and do what they really want to do
2: yeah, I mean, also like if you if if you tell a, like an artist or a couple of artists that are working on a series, like two artists, and you say I want you to come up with the theme, and it's something that they self generate, that that's a little bit different because they're going to come up with a theme that they would have worked with anyway. I think that you're going to get some good results out of that. But I do, I think you're right. I think like the two tone theme. I mean, you can theme things just based on a color palette. Just say, here's your color palette. You know, right and like like if everybody gets these same five colors, you're going to get some interesting things. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there's I think there's room for both for sure. I, I'm just saying what I prefer and 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 also like I think whatever it's going to take to get the best product out of that series, that that's yeah yeah. And some artists thrive under that, and some artists don't do as well. Under that, so
0: yeah it's it's one of those things where i feel like i can see both sides because i can see a theme inspiring and i can also see a theme limiting so yeah. I, I can see how it, it depends upon the artist and then i can also see how from a theme perspective it could be a way to tell a story and align all of the different um designs from artists kind of under one umbrella so they kind of all relate in some way so i can i totally see both sides but i agree i feel like I would just like to see, like, the DTA series, I think, was a good example of kind of that old-school, traditional, just grab a bunch of artists and they do their own thing. I think I'd just like to see more of a mix of that. I feel like we've gone all themes lately, and I'd like to see some open ones come back into the table as well.
3: Yeah, I think I tend to agree with both of you. Like, the, the theme series don't really... It doesn't really matter to me one way or the other. I don't collect cases, so I don't need everything to harmonize together. In a lot of the cases, I don't think they do harmonize together. I think it's it still sort of feels like a mixed series, but sort of forced to adapt into a a similar category. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I think you know the the themes that they have done so far. I think they've been curated well. I think the curators did find artists that did a good job to to adapt to that sort of theme. But for me, I, I think I'd prefer something a little less specific. Like you mentioned the femme fatale or the old English. For me, that's where I think you're going to get probably the, the artist's best work. Like Chris, I think the two designs that you did in those series, I think they're excellent in designs. But at the same time, I think the themes might be holding you back a little bit, being a little restrictive. And I don't know if that's the art direction or just the theme. But I'm a big fan of your work, and I feel like you wouldn't have – you would have done something – very different if you were given comp launch to do something like you would have done something probably more along the lines of what you did for the DTA Dunny theme, And I think for me as a fan of your work, that's what I would much rather see. Yeah.
2: I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's really art direction. I would say that it's, it's theme direction for sure. uh, uh but, uh, yeah, I mean like, yeah, they're like, well, you have to fit it into this theme and sometimes they choose the character because there's like very specific characters that are in this particular series. And they didn't want anything to overlap. So they were kind of picking who was doing what. But yeah, I mean, like, I would love to say, like, I, if I want a head sculpt, I get a head sculpt. Like, m- I personally hate pad printing. Like, I think it, like, for my work, I don't like it. But guys like you and Scott and, and Squink, like, you guys do a really good job about, like, you, you're you very graphically minded. Whereas my work is, it's either sculpted or it's linely. So those are my yeah. two, that's, that's what I'm working with. And line work, I don't think translates really well. I mean, to pad printing because I, I feel like it looks cheap, which is why like I would, I would gravitate towards, um, towards a sculpted head. Um, and that's not to say that they're, like completely obscure the head, like I'm still want it to look like a Dunny, but like, I feel like for subtlety of form and stuff, for me, a sculpted head is better. Right. Or a drawing that's printed on a flat piece of paper. Like I, for me, I like i like I said, like you just like Kronk. Kronk is a master at doing uh, graphic pad printing because you, you you know and you too, Gary. You're using these large shapes that that make the character. whereas, like that's not how my brain works. So yeah, I don't know. I think and I think some some artists are definitely better at you know translating their work into that. And I, I know that I'm not. So that's why I would always gravitate towards, like, give me give me a head sculpt. Come on, guys. Yeah.
0: Well, and, like, as a collector, like, I know that that's kind of your signature. Like, you do sculpted work, and, like, you have a certain aesthetic. And, you know, seeing that we haven't seen a Dunny from you in so long, like, it would be awesome to be able to see that, you know, exactly what you envision come to life. Like, it would be fantastic to see you be given – Like you get to go do what Scott Tolleson does a lot, where you can go make your own series on your own, like he did for the Odd Ones, for example. And you know, it's all you. You come up with the theme, the direction, what have you, and can kind of design what your heart desires. Like that, that for me would be what would I would love to see that from you.
2: Yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, I'd be I'd be open to that. But again, too things like you know I, I think if I'm going to do anything that fits into uh, you know a series or anything in in the future, uh, and, and this is like here's here's some real talk about you know that I'm a, I'm a full time artist. This is this is my job. Uh, Gary right can attest to this. We don't get paid a lot to be parts of series like that, and sometimes it takes a lot of time to do those things. There's a lot of back and forth and approvals and stuff. And if, you know, you kind of got to weigh what's, what, why are you doing this? Either it's either you're going to, you're doing it because, uh, uh, you know, it makes you feel good about doing it. Um, or you feel like the exposure is good. Like, like when Scott told me the lineup for this series, I was like, I, I can't believe you're even be asking me. Like there's, there's so many good people in this. Why are you asking me? And so I was like, of course I'm going to be in this series. And they're all my friends and, and artists that I respect. So in that, you know, is definitely like, well, this is probably good because I'm bringing awareness from other pe- other artists, collectors. They're going to see this, and they're going to see my work that might not know my work. So, like, that's that's the point of doing it. But at the end of the day, that's not a sure thing, and it also doesn't like feed my kids. You know, so I got to weigh that stuff. I got to weigh like, what am I putting my time into? And if it's something like if Kid Robot came to me and said, Hey, we want to do a series, well obviously, you know, the compensation's gonna be different than just doing paying somebody to curate it and then the money trickles down to the artists and or, or however they may
3: compensate it. Right.
2: And and i was like that's not a that, that's literally not a complaint. That's just like that's the no, reality of the situation. And and like I said, I'm I'm a I'm a businessman now.
4: <laughs> um <laughs>
2: You know, so I have to think. Of, you have to think about the bottom line. You have to think about profit margins. You have to think about time. Time is money, and, and uh, you know what? How are you spending your time?
3: And yeah.
2: What's what's?
3: No, that makes total sense, yeah. Chris. I mean, I understand that being a self-employed person. I, I've done it before, and you really have to focus on what's actually going to pay your bills and take care of your kids and put food on yeah. the table and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of the time, these toy gigs don't always do that. It takes a long time to design them. Um, usually, sometimes it takes a long time to actually get paid and see so a check, and then sometimes you're actually paid in in toys that you don't receive until the final run is completely done. That can take anywhere from six to two years before you have those toys in hand before you can sell. So sometimes, yeah, as a self-employed person, it's hard to design for these kind of toy things.
2: Right, and and a lot of time too, like uh, you know, I have a million projects going. On. Like I have so many things overlapping right now. Like some things are about ready to come out and some things are being painted right now and some things are being sculpted right now and some things are being sculpted by somebody else. And some things are going through project management right now. And there's like, I, that's literally how I have to do it in order to sustain, you know, and as things grow, you know, we have, I I, I have to constantly be making sure that the pipeline is completely full. And uh, and and sometimes these little projects, like like I always wanted to tell people, I, wanted, I always wanted to say this out loud, and I guess this is the platform to say it. When people ask me just a simple question, like, "Hey, can I get a tattoo of your work?" or "Do you want to be part of this group show?" like in the workflow that I have going, to stop and then work on that thing in between all the things that are already overlapping is like a major disruption in the workflow. And yeah. and it wasn't always that way. Like when I was when I was growing and less people knew who I was, it was way easier to do that because I didn't have as much going on. And now that the demand is growing and I'm trying to make sure that I'm making enough stuff for everybody. Like that's my that's my biggest like concern right now. Like I want to make sure that that i'm making enough stuff that people people don't feel like they're missing out right and and like that's a that's a big charge and uh you know like so i don't want anybody be offended when i like i don't say yes to a group show or yes to a you know like to just do one piece because it's like it takes so much energy just to, just to stop yeah. and do that
3: no it does i totally know what you mean and uh it's tricky because when you're when you're first starting out, yeah, you're so eager and you're excited. You want to take on anything and everything and get the exposure. But, yeah, as you become more established and people start asking you about commissions and doing group shows and all this other stuff, like eventually there, there comes a point where you have to just learn to say no and learn how to balance things and and live your life as well as doing this stuff on the side. And So, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And it's nice to hear you say it because I feel like not everyone understands – when we say no and why we say no, it's like we they think that we're artists and sometimes things just come easy to us. And it's just, it's just what we do. It's just what we want to do. And it's not always the case. Sometimes it's not what you want to do. And you, you know, sadly you have to turn them down and you hope that they understand.
0: Well, I, I really want to know now before I, I ask what projects you're working on, I didn't know, George, do you want to contribute to our Dunny theme discussion? Do you have any uh, opinions about Dunny's themed or not themed? Or are you just not a dunny man?
1: Uh I I don't collect Dunny the way most dunny collectors collect dunny. I just buy the ones that I like. Doesn't matter what the series is. I don't know the names of series. I don't care who the artists are in series. I just if a dunny looks cool, it's that's the one I buy.
3: I like the simplicity of that. I know it's <laughs> almost <laughs> It's almost
1: like George is an art collector. <laughs> no, if I was an art collector, I'd only go after the big named ones. It's gonna make me Oh, business. that's true.
0: <laughs> it's good though. Thank I mean, you. you collect what you like. I mean, that's at essence what you should do. Is just collect
3: what you like.
1: Yeah, you'd think it'd be that simple, but everyone's an idiot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> George, just speaking sound the truth. Bite. That's the soundbite of the week, right there.
2: <laughs> George, I just gotta say how much I
3: love you. Now, Chris, you mentioned that you're getting engaged to the lovely Amanda Louise Spade, and George, he's currently engaged too. You guys are both. These these not to, not to Amanda Luis Pedro Not to Amanda Lu- no. to, to the to the comedian Jessica. But um, <laughs> but you know, congrats to both of you being engaged. Are, are you both going to be officially married couples by the end of the year?
2: Oh yeah, Yes, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah,
1: we're
3: that's we're, we're, we're kind
2: of
0: like
1: uh, we're having a dual wedding.
3: Yes, <laughs> that's the way to do it. On a dual wedding.
2: <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, our
2: wedding is definitely going to be one of those uh, uh, not uh, not huge and exciting, and uh, you know, it, it's not going to be a traditional wedding for sure. I, I when I was 22, second. I had one
1: of those Babe, it's wedding talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got to come uh, in here.
0: <laughs> are you going to do it in Ohio, Chris?
2: Yes. So, like, the official wedding will be in Ohio, but I think we're probably going to have several parties uh, outside of Ohio. Okay. We're probably going to have, uh, you know, a party out in California, because that's where most of our friends are. Uh, and then we're probably going to have a party in Florida, because those where Mandy's, uh, I'm sorry, Amanda's family lives. So, and then we'll have a small one here it's so complicated
0: i like it though oh congratulations
2: oh thank you we've been unofficially engaged for a long time like we didn't i didn't pop her the question it was more like hey we should get married and we're like yeah that's a good idea like (laughs) again this is this is both of our second marriages so you know we're definitely way more pragmatic than we were in our 20s
5: I think you that's how out? I got George to ask because I was just basically like look this is a ring I want this is my size and uh, anytime now I, mean, <laughs> I, think that was basically, I don't think it would have happened otherwise
3: oh my gosh I love uh, it you guys are disgustingly in love though Jess I, 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 I've i seen you guys social feeds you guys
5: you, know right? what? Such a social feed. you
3: guys are pretty it's smitten in
5: real life too I think
2: <laughs> yeah, see, none of that stuff pops up on my social feed, because mine's all business. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's because you don't follow me. Like, if you followed me, it would be posts. George doesn't post anything about me. He's ashamed.
3: That's not no. true. No, he, he posted, like, totally... a Valentine's thing about
0: think,
5: exactly. Lovey Day. Exactly. A bitmoji. Like
0: <laughs> but he... <laughs> okay. Jess, don't complain because I mm-mm, You you should be happy. <laughs>
5: no, don't get me wrong. I'm fine.
4: Just,
0: he said, know, he said he literally wrote happy Valentine's Day to my wonderful fiance. I love you, baby. That is adorable and mushy gushy. <laughs> but then yeah, Amanda me, and I didn't do like,
5: that. Like my best friend. My writer Josh.
1: She just had to outdo me. She saw mine and was like, "Oh, I better get on there and outdo that." Now,
3: <laughs> do you guys tell each other this stuff in private too, or do you just only speak through Facebook?
5: Uh, no, I I tell him all the time. I tell
3: you too. <laughs> Don't even start. It's a one it's a one
5: way relationship. Oh,
1: that is such BS. Let's talk about Chris. <laughs> so wait, how did you how did you officially propose to make it official, Chris?
2: Oh, we just decided. Oh, we, we looked into the uh, the process of getting a, a wedding or a, a marriage license. That was what made it official.
3: <laughs> That's oh. so romantic. Oh, yeah, and
2: our our officiant is going to be uh, none other than Steve Brown. So if Amazing. you guys don't if you guys don't know who Steve Brown is, Steve is uh Steve is the 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 hidden face behind Bindlewood. Uh, he he handles all of our all of our orders and uh, fulfillment, and he does a lot more than most people probably know. Like uh, Steve, Steve's like a, a ge- like a literal genius when it comes to marketing and numbers and, and mm-hmm. spreadsheets and Excel and all that garbage. And uh, he is like the most talented and interesting person that I've ever met in my whole life. And he's ordained, so. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: People might remember him from the guy that made the
2: yo-yos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, wait,
1: he
0: made uh, yo-yos.
2: Yeah, he's well, a yo-yo master. He a yo-yo master. So wait,
0: uh, he, he makes them, and he, he makes his own yo-yos to yo-yo.
2: You well, know
1: he, about the art yo-yo series that came out by Steve Brown? Come on, no, every story. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, well, that that's probably gonna rear its head again at some point. But yeah, Steve's gonna gonna marry us. And uh, uh, so we're keeping it in the family.
5: Nice. I love it. When is the wedding date? Did we say that yet and I missed it?
2: No, it's going to happen within the next few months.
5: (laughs) Is she still going to get a dress?
2: If she wants one. Like, she can literally do anything she wants. But we're so, like, we just, we're at the point that we're just, like, she's more annoyed at calling me her boyfriend (laughs) than anything. She'd rather us be married under any circumstances than than like call me her boyfriend
4: anymore. I can see that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and again, we both had I our big blowout it. weddings in in our twenties. Like we had the big the big you know family weddings, and we're like, yeah, I never want to do that again. So we're in agreement on that. It's gonna be pretty low key.
5: That's good. A lot of my friends are on their second marriages, and they've all done that as well. Like their second marriage is like we're just going to the courthouse.
2: The- yeah, that's that's more or less what we're doing. But we're gonna have parties all over the world.
3: <laughs> world? Well, is that, is that necessary? Yes. Exp- that's ex- yes. That's expensive.
2: Oh no! It's, listen, I'm not gonna throw a reception. I mean, like I'm gonna be here having fun. If you wanna show up.
3: He's like, I'm gonna
5: be at the Shakey's at eight o'clock. You guys can come if you want.
3: <laughs> now, here's something that happens with a lot of times when the people get married the second time. They don't actually take the time to go on a, like an actual honeymoon. They put all the money into all the the receptions and the parties and stuff. But are you and Amanda actually gonna take time off and have a honeymoon together or no?
2: Oh yeah, there's nothing more that we like than not working. So if we can like, if we can make an excuse, and we love traveling too. So like, if we can make an excuse. Any excuse to go someplace that we want to go that isn't work related, we'll totally, we're going to do it. So, yeah. I can't picture
3: you relaxing, Chris.
2: It's hard. It's really hard, but I've learned how to do it. And actually, Amanda has really helped me in doing
3: that. I know she knows how to relax, but you seem like you're always constantly going. Like you said, you got a million projects going. I just can't picture you sitting down and just binge watching something for three hours just out of the pure enjoyment of being lazy and being entertained. I would, I would still feel like in your brain, you would still feel as if you need to be working.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, the word enjoyment was in there. I, I can do <laughs> no. all those things, but I don't know if I can enjoy it, but I'm working. On it. <laughs> Actually,
1: can we segue that into a topic? Uh,
5: yeah. No,
1: you said, oh. you said the word binge watching and that just reminded me of Netflix. And isn't there wasn't there a show that you did some design work on that's on Netflix a dragon show or something like
2: oh yeah I, uh, I uh, troll hunters yeah, yeah. Can, uh, tell oh, us cool about
1: that? like what how much, that. like how much did the final designs look like stuff you did
2: well okay so here's the thing so I did three maquettes early in production of the, the show and it was like literally like almost four years before the show came out and the design of the characters wasn't nailed down when I started sculpting them. Character design was evolving. I had to keep editing the sculpt. So That's it started crazy. off looking it was it was really difficult. But I was working I was working for Rodrigo Blas and uh and Guillermo del Toro. And Guillermo was making all the calls. So it was like, well, I, I have to just do this. So The way that the character looked literally had nothing to do with me. I was just the hired hand. I was just making it look the way that they wanted, which, you know, at the end of the day, like work for hire isn't my thing. It was an awesome thing to be involved with for sure, but they literally could have hired any sculptor who was capable enough to translate it from the designs. But the maquettes actually did end up looking like the characters in the show. And in the last museum show that that Guillermo had, the traveling exhibition of his collection in Toronto, m- one of my maquettes was actually in the museum exhibition. Oh, that's cool! So, yeah, it was really cool to have like a piece in like a, a legit museum show. I didn't know that until somebody tagged me on Twitter. But it was it was a cool. It was like a really cool experience, but. Um, it really solidified like what I don't want to do for a living, you know, because, because, (laughs) because like, no matter who you're working for, even if you're working for like, like your favorite director, which I was, which is like, I never thought I would have done that. I never thought I'd be working for him at the end of the day. It's still, it's still whatever type of job it is. And if it's not like what you're, what you want to do, like you can't help that. Like, so, um, Awesome experience, but I would literally rather design my own things. And I have way more fun designing my own characters. And I would take doing that over over doing somebody else's designs any day.
3: Makes sense.
0: Along with uh, you all working to get married, I, I know you expanded your family today, Chris.
2: I did. I did. I, I brought myself home a kitten. It's so early that we, he doesn't even have a name yet. He's been running around me this whole time, and he is so cute.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, George and Teresa will not be visiting you. No. George has
2: to come visit me to pick up a sculpture, or it's going in the dumpster, George.
1: It better not go in a dumpster. Do not do that. I will be there.
2: (laughs) You've been threatening this for years.
1: All right. One of these days when I get off work.
3: (laughs) (laughs) i going to make a long drive.
2: well, that, I, I'm sure Jess will. I'm sure she'll love that thing in the house too, George.
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> already got some big things in here that aren't that that, that she doesn't like. So, we'll <laughs> <laughs> just throw it on
4: top of the pile.
1: Exactly. <laughs> no, think <laughs> she, she, she would like that. I think. I think she'd think it was awesome.
2: Well, it needs some repair work for sure.
1: I know. I know a guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you <know>, uh, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gary, they're so vague about this four-foot-tall thing.
3: <laughs> it's a giant penis. We all know what it is. Oh, Jesus
0: Christ.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is pink. But
3: So, Chris, you're talking about all these million projects that you're doing, and we mentioned a little bit on Thimple Stump Hollow. Woods yes. becoming an actual corporation. Yes. Yes. I don't remember. Was it SDCC or am I just imagining this? Is there a Thimble Stump Hollow Series 2 in the works? Yes. Um, Yeah, we
2: actually sort of revealed some of the early early artwork designs for the second series, some of the new characters. Um, And literally, I think two days ago, we just wrapped up the 3D models for the second series. So they are done and uh yeah there's 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 a lot of stuff happening with it right now i can't really talk about it but i can tell you there's 10 new characters it'll be probably the same size uh there will be at least four colorways yeah and cardboard spaceship is producing it again because they did such a fantastic job the first time around Uh, god i
3: hope so otherwise that would be my my tea for the week
2: no they are we're loyal we're loyal to those guys they're uh they're a really good group and um you know they they really believed in in whatever we wanted to do and uh, you know the the first series was way more successful than we thought it would be uh so much so that uh, you know hot topic picked them up um and basically bought out the rest of our stock so uh you know that the whatever's left is headed to hot topic. I do believe that they're they're going to be selling Leprechaun cases pretty soon. Oh so, um So so that was that was like you know we made some inroads into not necessarily ma- I, g- I guess that's mass market, but it, it's sort of you know uh, traditional retail. And they're really they're super excited about the about the the series and and they all their stores were selling out of them. So yeah,
3: that's good. Did you notice a change when you, the, the series went mainstream into a Hot Topic? Did you notice any sort of jump or a change into your fan base or fan following through Instagram or anything like that?
2: Not really. Um, it, I didn't notice a, a big jump. Um, I think mostly because the toy series is – people know it by the name of the series. They don't really know it by our names. It's interesting because I, I feel like I have fans that know me for Morning Scribbles, my, my drawing series. And I have fans that know me for my, my toys and my art uh, and my sculptures. And sometimes they don't overlap. And I feel like Thimblesome Hollow is yet another thing. Like People just see them and they like them and they buy them, which is, which is awesome because we're getting it in front of people that like, don't know anything about this. It's not tied to a cartoon it's not tied to a video game it's not tied to an app and they just see it and like it and buy it and that's like that's that's so refreshing because like people are taking a gamble on something just because they like it aesthetically and that's like it's nice they don't have to have like you know uh they they don't have to have the video game that they're a fan of
3: Right, sure. And I think that's great that your stuff can still sell without that pop culture recognition. People just like the designs enough and find it appealing enough to make that purchase. And that's and that's awesome. And I think Thimble Step Hollow, this is only just the beginning for you guys. I, I really do think that the opportunities ahead for, for you and Thimble Step Hollow is just the sky's the limit. Like today I just saw that Leslie Levings Beastly's is working with... Bad Robot or J.J. Abrams to yep. make, I think it's either maybe a feature film or maybe something with Netflix. I don't remember. But, you know, they're also working with Mattel to make a full line of toys based on her beastly. So I think that ThimbleStop Hollow is kind of in that same category. I think your characters are appealing enough to branch out and, you know, expand further than what they currently are. I, I would see in several years, I you know, who knows where they're going to be. But I think there's a lot of room for growth and opportunity for them. And I'm really excited for you and looking forward to see what the future holds. Oh, thank
2: you. I mean, yeah, who knows where it's going to go? Like, I didn't know it was going to go to here. I certainly didn't push it this far. Uh, you know, I'm just making the stuff and and just trying to make it available to as many people as possible. And, that, like, that was the whole reason why we made the most hollows because we, could, we couldn't make enough, you know, mini resin figures for everybody. And we didn't want people to have to pay a lot of money for our art. So we're like, what's the best way to do this? And Carboard Spaceship came along and you know, they made enough pieces that it was available to everybody and it still wasn't enough. So it's been fun, like this, this sort of like natural growth that's been happening. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, if things come along and they seem like they're going to make sense for what we're doing and aren't going to be too stressful, like, we'll for sure follow whatever opportunities come along. But it has to make sense with what we want and i'm i'm excited for for what's going to happen and i'm i'm just thankful at the end of the day that my collectors and my fans are allowing me the opportunity to make a living at what what i want to do because there's not there's so many people that would kill to be in my position and i'm like really really grateful for it so yeah
0: Yeah, it's awesome do you already plan like Since you've been in Hot Topic with Series 1, is Series 2 automatically going to start being sold in Hot Topic along with Cardsboard Spaceship and all our typical designer toy retailers?
3: I would
2: say that that's a good assumption, but I can't say yes or no. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm giving you a Glomar response on that one. (laughs) Well.
0: I also have. I don't know if you can answer it, but I have some specific questions. So you said you're doing ten new characters. Are you doing a fifty-fifty split again? Half Amanda is half yours.
2: Yes, but there okay. is there is an eleventh character. <gasps> but I can't say anything about how it exists in the series.
0: Secret, secret. Okay, <laughs> and then it's, dif- it's you- different
3: than you th- than you think. I'll tell you. That. Okay.
0: Well, that'll be exciting. And I then, know.
3: It's a Build-A-Figure, isn't it, Chris? Uh,
2: no, it's not. Oh, that's a that's... stupid idea,
3: <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's cool. You should no, make one nice. piece of Chase that no one can get, too.
2: <laughs> no, no.
3: Gary, no. The The freaking butter
0: mint were hard enough. That's what the second thing I was going to ask. So this first series, you all had a really intriguing approach to Chases where in each case, of certain colorways, uh, like the carnival or the leprechaun. you had the buttermint hidden in there as chase figures. Do you all plan to follow that same model again with series two?
2: That's the plan right now. I can say, so when we when we planned out the verse series, we don't like the idea of making figures so rare that you can't get the whole set if you want and uh so if you wanted just the main colorway that you were going for you could buy a whole case and you're going to get all of them plus yep. two of the chases uh yep. the chases are more difficult to get but you're you're literally going to get every sculpt if you just buy a case yep. so we're gonna, yeah we're going to do that again but the chases okay. yeah we're definitely we're definitely going to hide them in the same way
3: cool can you do me a solid chris and pay a little tribute to the show In your next series, can you name... Because you have a pretty good naming convention going on for your characters. Uh. If you can name one of them Lung Butter. Oh, no! That would would pay tribute to us. Gary, no! Is that what you want to be known for, Gary? (laughs) I already am, George.
2: Listen, just know that all the characters have Lung Butter.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> All right, i really a- just want to make kyle Kerwan squirm. i'm sorry Ker- kyle Kerwin. <laughs> i really just want to make him squirm because he hates that term so much
2: you know i want to shout out <laughs> to kyle kirwan as one of the most pleasant human beings i've ever met that guy is a really he's a nice dude
3: he's a riot he's a good therapist too he played a, yeah. a good therapist role i, I heard that I he's, a, to- he's a good mediator yeah i have
0: to say too gary when i like i think he had so many funny remarks That I missed when we were recording. And when I went back and re-listened, I was cracking up. Because he would say these little, like, comments in between us talking. And they were hilarious. And I totally missed it when we were recording.
2: Here's a serious question for Chris, though. Well, okay. Let's
1: hear it. All right. Thimble Stump Holler. Hollow? Thimble Stump Holler. Blows up. That's the name of the TV show, by the way. It blows up. Gets huge. You go to Comic-Con. You're walking down Artist Alley. (laughs) And people are doing fan art pictures of your cartoon. How do you feel?
2: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a gun that shoots out cease and desist letters.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like make it rain, like, cease and desist yeah, letters. Like
2: those things like the like the like the things that shoot out money, the money shooters. Who's gonna <laughs> shoot out ce- cease and desist letters.
1: It's gotta be a, a supreme branded one though. It has to be exactly
2: yeah. Yep. No, if that many, pe- if it gets to that point, I will have already sold my brand for enough that I don't have to work it ever again. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean that 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 sucks. I would I would for sure be like, I don't know. I I, I hate that stuff. Like I hate it <laughs> so much. Like, and it's not just that. It's not just like a. It, 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 because it feels insulting to the fans to me, and and the nice th- here's here's the thing here's the the nice thing I'll say about
1: it. You really don't have to answer this. I was just effing with you.
2: No, no, no. I, I actually want to say something positive about it because I think brands are catching on. And I went to a store today, and and I don't know how many of these stores are around, but I think that they're owned by Hot Topic. It's called uh, boxed lunch.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: the stores are carrying. What, what I like to call classy licensed material, the merchandise is like really thoughtful, like and it's not hitting you over the head. And it's stuff that like adults could wear. It's like, you know, if you don't want to beat people over the head with a Star Wars T-shirt. You could like it's a subtle Darth Vader shirt or something or it's like it's all fandom stuff. It's all video game based stuff. Uh, Disney, TV shows, but the stuff is like really thoughtful and I think that the IP holders are catching on that people want this stuff. I mean obviously because so many people, so many artists are just picking up and taking it as their own that the IP holders are definitely starting to take notice. I still think fan art is fine. I think fan art is totally fine but I think selling it is crossing the line. It's just like it just is and, and I think it's a little lazy. I could literally be the guy doing it And I know, I know this is like the the most unpopular
0: day, George. I think he's saying that he wouldn't be happy. (laughs) I know.
2: I I knew what the answer, but
1: but, you
0: know, the, the other thing.
2: No, I was just going to say, I know, I know that my opinion is unpopular, but I have literally told people like what I thought about that. I thought like, you know, you're like, you're a good artist and your ideas are worth something. There are some people who have been picked up by IPs because they were doing fan art. That's fine as long as they weren't selling the fan art. If they're just showing the fan art on Instagram and somebody's like, that's a really sweet Deadpool. We would like to use you and we're going to pay you for it. But if they're like just selling 500 Deadpool posters a month, like, I I don't know.
1: I'm starting to see a lot of Kickstarters that are people like, I want to make this. I just saw one yesterday. I want to make a Black Panther sticker. Buy my Black Panther sticker. It's like, wait, how is how are you Kickstarter even allowing that to even keep going?
2: Yeah, well, because capitalism rules the world. I think that's the problem.
3: Let Let's yeah. get off this topic. Let's move on to your Twitch stream. No. Let's talk about your Twitch stream, wait. Gary. Oh, Gary, man.
0: what? I do have one more question. I'm sorry because I really do want to know.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's hear it.
0: Well, I know when you were doing Series One, you had designed the. T- Two characters that went together but then when you went to go to create kind of the packaging and stuff you came up with you had a little hiccup where you couldn't package them together so you had to make them two separate boxes right. um, for the, the Gadabout and the Husky Shuffler, Shuffler. i was just curious did you learn from that like do you did you like the idea at the end of the day and you like the idea of kind of multiple blind boxes to build a figure uh, or do you I think th- going forward you'll try to avoid that issue?
2: I think that we were lucky in that it wasn't really a problem when it came to retail because pe- nobody was like really upset when they got one figure or the other. When they found out that you, you put the two together, they were super stoked. Sometimes that would drive sales. You know, people would be like, "Oh, I got this one. Wait, they go together. I want another one." So um, that definitely helped. It was sort of like an it, like it was a fortunate problem. Um, it, whereas it could have been a very like like. Personally, aesthetically, like we like the way they look together and they were meant to set, sit a certain way. And uh, luckily they sat, they stood on their own perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, we were definitely paying attention a lot more this time in, in terms of like how things fit in the box. And, and sometimes things are surprises when it comes to the factory and, and you know, there's a language barrier and some, sometimes things are just like, oh, I guess we're doing this. But uh yeah, I, I think that uh, if I had it to do it again, I would do it a lot more deliberately.
0: Cool. I just curious. Sorry, Gary. I have I have I have agendas of my own. Go well, on. I get it. you're a super
3: fa- you're a have super fan, I get it. <laughs>
0: if you were to let me interview you, I would just do the same thing to you. Just let me interview you one time. If we don't have a guest, I'll just get on and do the same thing to you. Ask him a question. That's
2: a fantastic idea
3: sure we'll make that happen Let's do so it. chris i know you're a man that likes to try new things and uh, just experiment and i know at one point you were sculpting in styrofoam you were wanting to go big and all that sort of stuff so what in 2018 like what do you plan on experimenting with and what do you plan on learning and teaching yourself um,
2: well i'm currently learning zbrush so oh, that- um, i'm i'm learning the 3d model i'm i'm getting there i'm definitely i'm definitely making some some strides in that and I'm trying multiple different things at uh, multiple different techniques at once to just see like what my workflow feels like and what w- like what well, because there's many different ways to do it, like like Photoshop or any type of program creative program there isn't just one way to get to the the solution so i, I right now i'm i, I had to learn the interface which was i think the, the biggest hurdle um yeah i mean it, it, my brain just does like i said i'm, I'm at an age where I, my brain is is resistant to learning um so uh but but after i got over that hurdle i'm, I'm definitely like learning how to work within that space so that's that's like I think that's probably the biggest thing that I'm learning this year. I mean, al- uh, you know, aside from all the adult businessy stuff that I had to learn, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I think that's enough. Like, um, okay. like uh, I have a figure coming out at, that. I, I plan on releasing at uh, five points festival and I had a, I had a, I worked out with another sculptor, a, a 3d modeler on this figure over over quite a period of time because i I feel like I wasn't uh, I wasn't um, communicating what I wanted well enough to him and he wasn't quite experienced enough to understand what I was saying. So we were having this like clash in in terms of getting this the product the way we wanted it. Um, so I kind of dropped it and gave up on it like, not the best way to handle something. So I came back this year and said, hey, like, I really want to get this done. And, and he got more experience under his belt. And, uh, and he did a really awesome job. And I'll, I'll talk more about it when it gets closer. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about who sculpted it and stuff. But um, it's the first thing that I've had 3D printed as a prototype that I'm turning into resin. And oh, I'm, uh, I'm noticing because- that... That the uh, the quality is much closer to what I want. It's huh. it's somewhere between my my hand sculpted editions and Stump Hollow. It's it's sort of like in the realm of Kanga Rumble, but a little bit cleaner. Um, I'm intrigued. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Me too. I'm super excited about that. But I'm also like ZBrush. Like, what is the how would that? that fit into your process Chris so like you would use it to be able to do your own 3D prints off of it similar to how yeah. you did it through this other project
2: yeah so I, I'd be building the 3D models myself and then I'd be outputting them uh, on a 3D printer and then I would clean up the masters and make molds of them and uh, and make the casts from those molds so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. what I'm hoping for is more detail I'm not I, what, I'm not looking for, like, super smooth and slick. What I'm hoping for is starting off with, with a clean surface and then really detailing it. And uh, I I think a lot of people, when they get into ZBrush, like, things get a little bit too slick. But I want to go the other way. So we'll see what happens.
0: Cool. Cool. I mean, I how you. do you – are you looking? Liking, like, like, because you're so hands on lately. Is it weird to go did so digital?
2: Yes and no. Like, there's some things that are like that are are so much better. Like the the first the first thing obviously is the fact that that you can turn on symmetry in ZBrush and sculpt one side and the other side sculpts automatically. So that when you're sculpting a prototype is so maddening to try to match one side to the other. Um, It it can be very, very difficult, especially something that's like it got a really heavy profile um, because you literally can't see the other side unless you're sculpting in a mirror. So, like that alone cuts the sculpting time in half. And then the other one, the other thing that I'm finding that is a, a big improvement for me is that I don't have to hold what I'm sculpting it's floating in space and i my hand isn't touching it. It isn't marring it, it. I'm not leaving fingerprints. I don't have to mount it to anything. I don't have to build an armature that, that, and, and I can zoom in too. I can make something that's, that's going to be output two inches tall. I can work on it on my screen, eight inches tall. I can work on it, you know, 15 inches tall and my eyes are getting bad and I already have problems with my eyes. So, Being able to do that it it cuts out a lot of like the things that were just difficult about sculpting by hand, Um, but I'm going to try to treat it the same way. It's just a different type of tool. It doesn't not necessarily making things easier. It's just different.
3: Yeah, No, that makes sense. We we gotta start wrapping this up. We're running long. Gary,
2: all right, we always run long when you talk to me. I feel like I'm so sorry.
3: I feel like
0: forever ago you wanted to say something, too, and then I just kept I, asking all my questions. Oh, because it's long on, I have no
3: idea.
2: Can't it's remember. okay. I'll always be here.
3: <laughs> That's good. Well, we'll invite you back. You mentioned you have a lot of things going on that you can't talk about, so we'll invite you back when you can talk about those things, whether it's City Cryptids, you know, Johnny Series, then Apollo 2 or the thing that you're working on for Five Points or, many, or one of the many other projects. We'll have you back on. This isn't the end of our discussion, so – why don't you take a brief moment and let the listeners know where they can find you? And also, you sort of touched on that you were doing a Twitch stream bi-weekly. So let the listeners know what Twitch is and where they can find you doing that.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on Twitch. I believe it's a uh, uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Chris underscore Ryaniac is my Twitch okay. channel, uh, and I do uh, I do live streams Monday and Thursdays. Uh, at 8 30 Eastern time. And I go from beginning to the end of a drawing. Uh, So you'll see it from, from a blank piece of paper to a, to a finished drawing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and then you can find me over on Instagram, uh, Chris Reiniac. You can find me on YouTube at Chris Reiniac art. And you can find me on Facebook, Chris Reiniac and Bindlewood.com is our store. And if you want to be updated, on any upcoming sales, go over to Bindlewood.com and go to the contact page and sign up for the mailing list.
3: Okay. And this is releasing Monday. I know you said that there's going to be a special guest joining you this coming Thursday. Yes. Do you want to maybe mention who that person is or do you want uh, to keep yeah. it a secret?
2: Um, actually, uh, I'll, I'll keep it a secret for now. Uh, it's not something that many or, or anybody in the toy scene would know. It's just something that uh, I'm a friend with that I used to work with and she's a fantastic artist so okay. she's going to be drawing kaiju alongside me on thursday
3: very cool i guess we'll, we'll look forward to the next time you're willing to come on thanks awesome
0: thank you for joining chris and i as, uh, I, I i wish i could join the church t- t- twitch streams more but between podcast recording sometimes and work i can't always get on them but anytime i do i'm glad i did so if anyone wants to hop wow. on and there's kind of a chance to talk to chris and hang out it's fun times
2: It's a really good place to, if you have a question for me that you've emailed me and I haven't answered you, ask me on the chat because I'm like, I'm a, I'm a captive uh, audience. So I can, I will answer you if you have questions for me. So um, it's, it's really great. It's a good community. Everybody's super friendly and supportive. So
3: come join. Can you monetize that? Yes, you can.
1: I went to TwitchCon. You definitely can. Yeah, I I
3: honestly I don't even know what it is yet. It sounds to me like it's Instagram Live, but something different. I'll have to look into it.
2: It's Instagram Live, but you can you can moderate it and you can uh, do multiple cameras and you you can customize it to basically be your own TV show.
3: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. How about we do this? Forget this podcast stuff, guys. Let's do Twitch TV. Let's become hip.
2: I think you could do it.
3: Yeah, but it—you had to be video, though, Gary. Are we going to be video? We could be video. You can just show I your hand. just hands. don't want to. <laughs> I, tried, I
1: tried to get Toy Geeks to do it, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't have it.
3: Is that why you're not we on could, the show anymore, George? We could do like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, Teresa, well, where I, could they find you? I maybe we maybe we do like a special Twitch. But anyway. Um, and I I just want to tell you all, I accidentally hung up the call <laughs> to call back in when Chris was saying bye. Teresa,
1: anyway, wrap it up.
0: Uh, if you want, to find- <laughs> I- I'm sorry, Gary, you can- Gary can fix all this.
3: What a mess. Um, oh, yeah, put it all on if me. You want to find-
0: <laughs> uh, if you want to find me, check me out on Instagram. My username is tmhawk24. George.
1: I'm at Double G Toys on Instagram, and don't forget to go support Chris on Patreon. Oh, thanks, George.
2: <laughs> oh.
3: I'm, oh, yes, and that's, I'm Gary that's also awesome. Stop talking, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: can I do the outro?
3: Yes, yes, you can. Uh, wait, let me do, let me do me first. Uh, I'm Gary <laughs> Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or SuperHam.com. This has been the Martian Toy Hour. We do this every week.
2: Uh, not because we want to, but because of no. Long- <laughs> you
3: suck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a true fan, Chris. <laughs> you should know yeah. this.
0: Here. Start it.
3: <laughs> Take two.
0: Start it again, Gary. I'll do. You do part one. I'll do part two, and Chris, you do part three.
3: Okay. This is the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week. Not because we have to. But because we want to. There you go. So until our next transmission. Bye.
0: We're signing off. (laughs) Bye.
1: Wow. Bye. The worst.